I tell you, on these Sundays I get up here when we don't have children's worship, it's, it's a different feeling in the room. A little anxiety, a little frustration. But I want to say to you kids, I know that you really enjoy going to children's worship, but uh, it's a blessing to us to have you in here with us. And uh, you may struggle to try to keep entertaining, keep up with what's going on, uh, but your presence here uh, truly blesses our lives. I've warned you several times in the last few weeks that these weeks that lead up to uh, Easter, to the time when we come together as the church and and truly and completely celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, uh, we have some weighty texts that are assigned to these Sundays, some very difficult ones, very serious ones. And uh, we've preached several times out of Romans already. If you know Paul's writings well, you know that Romans is kind of his, uh, his dissertation. This is where he really plums the depths of the mystery of God. So we're going to tackle one more time a portion of Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 11. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God. Remain standing then for the hymn that follows. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. The word of God. Zombies are cool these days. In case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of them around. You can't uh, go to many movies or watch much television or any media all the way down to the comic strips without encountering a zombie somewhere along the way. Now, it's interesting to me because I'm old enough where I can sort of see things come back around. I remember when I was a kid, a movie came out called Night of the Living Dead. Does anyone remember that? Yeah, it's become, I think, kind of a cult classic. I don't know if the kids, do y'all watch that still? Okay, Uh, that's a shame. Anyway, (laughs) uh, zombies kind of went away for a while, but now they're back. Uh, I don't know a lot about zombies. When I was thinking about introducing this this way, I thought, don't say too much, Tommy, or the kids will all know you just are zombie ignorant. You know, I don't know a lot about what happens with them. I do know that they're dead bodies that are walking around. Is that fair enough to say that? 
Now, interesting is thing is that this passage we just read talks about zombies too. Did you notice that in this passage, Paul is talking about dead bodies that are walking around, but they're dead. Go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 5, where we read, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. To set your mind on flesh is death. In other words, what he's saying is that if we live our lives totally focused on what is around us, the things we can touch, the things we can see, the things we can smell, all these things, if that's where our mind is set and our mind is tuned only to this existence that we can experience by touch and feel, if our mind is wrapped around the things of the flesh, then even though we may be walking around, even though we may be doing things inside, we're dead. Maybe that could be called something like a spiritual zombie. That's interesting that the early church as they began to read Paul's writings and talk about what things we needed to stop and discuss on Sundays, and they began to pair up stories from the Old Testament with passages of the New Testament, they, partic- they, they picked a certain story out of the Old Testament that's supposed to go with this passage. So I wanted us to kind of put things on hold here and go back and look at this story and see how it really does fit in with what Paul is talking about, about being alive yet dead. The story comes from the prophet Ezekiel. I love Ezekiel. I'm coming to love Ezekiel more. Because to be honest, in past times, I didn't spend a lot of time with Ezekiel. Oh, I'd read it if I had to, or if I'd read it if I were working my way through the Bible. But I was an Isaiah man. I like Isaiah. If I was just going to go read a prophet, I wanted to read Isaiah. Ezekiel, however, in more recent times, is becoming a lot more meaningful to me. And I don't think it's just because of my own journey, my own story. I think it's because our day and times much more fit in with what's going on with Ezekiel. And Ezekiel has a lot to say to us today as we open up and let him talk all the way back from the past and bring the word of the Lord to us. Now, most of you are aware of what was going on in Ezekiel's time. It's a time that that is talked about, especially the last half of the Old Testament is really centered around this time. It's the time that's called Babylonian captivity. We bring it up a lot because this was a time in which Israel was struggling as much, if not more, than it ever had in its whole existence. Israel was, in effect, dead. The Babylonian army had come in, and they had destroyed Jerusalem. They had destroyed the temple. They had taken the best and carried it back to Babylonia, and they had burned the rest. And the people that were left behind were left behind with a totally devastated economy. 
There was no food supply other than what they could scratch out from the ground around them. There was no commerce. There was, there was a, a, a fighting amongst them over good water. And, you know, it just is a terrible, terrible time to live just trying to find something for existence from one day unto the next. Now, perhaps if we were trying to imagine what that would be like, what if Al-Qaeda, what if the Taliban really did do what we often fear and infiltrate this country to the point to where they could totally disrupt our society? What if they could shut down the power grid so that we have no electricity, no power in our homes? We're not really set up to live that way for long, are we? What if they could interrupt the food supply chain that depends on the trucks and the fuel and the trains and all these things? What if they could disrupt that to where people were turning neighbor against neighbor just to have something to eat? Or the water supply. What if we weren't just afraid we were going to run out? What if we had run out? If you can capture some of the panic that might be in our hearts at that time, now you're in the mood to hear Ezekiel. Because that's what was going on in his day. Now the interesting thing is that Ezekiel was not really there. Ezekiel was one of those who had been carried off into Babylonian captivity. Yet God kept taking him back and showing him what was going on, saying, look at this and speak to this. So today we're going to look at Ezekiel 37, and if you want to turn in your Bibles and kind of follow along, we're going to let Ezekiel tell you his story, because this is one of those times where God said, Ezekiel, I'm going to take you, I'm going to show you something. He tells a story like this, the hand of the Lord came upon me. If you want to visualize it, God just reaches down, picks up Ezekiel, and by the Spirit, the hand of the Lord brought me and set me down in a valley. And it was a valley filled with bones. And the Spirit led me around in that valley, around and around and around. And as far as I could see, there were bones. And the bones were dry, very dry, bleached by the sun, white and lifeless. And the Lord said to me, Ben Adam, son of man, can these bones live again? As I looked at them, I thought, I don't see how. But I turned to the Lord and said, Lord, only you can answer that question. So the Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says to these bones. I will cause spirit to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay tendons on you, and I will cause muscle to come upon you, and I will cover you with skin, 
and I will put spirit in you, and you shall live, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, just as I'd been told. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling noise. And the bones were coming together, assembling themselves into skeletons, each bone attached to the proper bone. And I looked, and suddenly tendons began to grow upon the bones. And then upon the bones there was muscle. And then they were covered by flesh. But there was no spirit in them. So then the Lord said to me, Prophesy to the Spirit. Prophesy, Ben-Adam. Say to the Spirit, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O Spirit. Breathe upon these dead that they may live. And I prophesied as he commanded me, and the Spirit came into them, and they lived, and they stood up, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are my people. They are the ones who are saying, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. Hear the word of the Lord. I will put my spirit within you. You shall live and then you will know that I am the Lord. Don't you love Ezekiel? Wow. To hear that story again reminds me of a great truth. A truth that we have to know. A truth that we have to believe. A truth that we cling to. And it is this. That the very essence of God is to take that which is dead and make it live. That's who he is. That's what he does. He did that in Eden, when he made those first bodies and they lay there lifeless, he came and he breathed his spirit into those bodies and they lived. He did it in that tomb in the garden or near the garden of Gethsemane. He did that when he went into that tomb and there lay the body of his son lifeless and he breathed into that body spirit once again. And he lived. This is what God does. He takes what has died and makes it alive. And it also asks us to ask the same question that God brings to Ezekiel Do we believe that God can bring life? to our dry bones. Now, part of that question addresses the final resurrection. You know, we don't live long on this earth before we run into death. We're not here long before we say goodbye to someone that we love and they no longer walk around among us. And that asks us, do you believe that one day God will breathe back into that person his breath of life 
and they will live again. And then as we get older, we begin to realize that we're not going to escape that either. We're not going to be the exception. Just like everyone that we've known before us has walked down that path, we will too. And do we believe that even though we die, that God will breathe life into us again? That's a basic foundational belief of Christianity. But it's not all that this story is about. This story is about other times in our lives when we die. Not just physically, but we die in our relationships. We have a marriage that dies. We die in our addictions. Those things that just keep pulling us down and down and down. We die in our sins. And when we have that kind of death within us, and when our bones are dry, what do we do to live again? What do we do to feel like we're alive again? Well, there's lots of things we can try. Oftentimes, we will go and share with a dear friend what's going on inside of us. And we get lots of advice. Sometimes it's fairly good advice. Something like, have you gone to see a doctor? That's not a bad thing to do. That's, that's a good thing to do. Someone might tell you, well, maybe you need to exercise more. You know, it just kind of makes me feel alive and maybe it would help you. There's some truth there. Or maybe someone hands you a book and says, here, read this book. I've read a lot of good books that made me feel better. And that's good. Sometimes, though, the advice isn't very helpful. Sometimes we go to those that we love and say, I just feel dead inside. And we get things like, don't feel that way. Be happy. You need to think more positively. Or I love this bit of advice. Why don't you just try harder? What does Scripture say that we need when our bones are dry and we died inside? Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And to those of us who have responded to the call of Jesus in our lives, the promise is that the Spirit of Christ does dwell in us. It's a gift that's given to us on the day of our baptism. It's a gift that we are urged in our lives not to quench. It is a gift that we are not to ignore. If we have the Spirit, let us be led by the Spirit. But at the same time, we recognize that sometimes we look elsewhere for life and then we die. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life also to your mortal bodies. And that means today. That means for those of us who are walking around with dry bones rattling inside of us, God wants to breathe life into us again. And the word that came to Ezekiel comes to us. 
Oh, prophesy to the Spirit. Say to the Spirit, come from the four winds and come and live within me. And God says, I will bless you with my Spirit. You shall live. And from that point on, you will know that I am the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of Ezekiel. Hear the word of God speaking to you and pray to that spirit. Let's be standing, please.